You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. The podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. Now, we'll take a break from our usual episodes to bring you this intermission sode. Continue. Oh, I'm muted. Am I muted? Oh, no, no, I can not. totally hear you. Yeah. It's just my arrow was on my screen, and it came up oh. with the little blue button that said mute, and I was scared <laughs> that I had touched something I shouldn't have touched. But it was not the case. No. We're all good. <laughs> I get to hear the dog whining. So this will be a fun one, I'm sure. Wait, is it's this okay. a what who's what's the dog? Is this a new Maximus and Michelin are here? Maximus. It's Maximus' 14th birthday. He's very Aww. sweet. Anyway, so I've got those two and I've got Ted. Ted. And then Sweet Pea and Puddle are here too. Ted is such like these. Okay. I don't know. On Instagram, <laughs> I just started following black people pets. It's amazing. Okay. Because out my phone really black quick. people in there, like the stuff they Precious. name them, like, like one, this one lady, she's, her dog's name is Tyrone. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a bulldog or something. She's like, Tyrone. <laughs> I just, I'm like, oh my God, these names, these Halloween. names. Yes. It's so good. There is. I think you might have sent me a video, but a very precious black man that has a little tiny chihuahua on TikTok Mm -hmm. that every single night they have this routine where he washes her face and washes her paws. I I think I did send that. Like Oh, it's so sweet. And all the while he's giving her affirmations Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, I just, oh, it's the sweetest. Really sweet. (laughs) It's really sweet. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, today. There you go. What's up, Theater Geeks? What is up? They get the longer one with our intro. It's true. Mm -hmm. So, Ebony, I had COVID finally. It's such a bummer. I was such a bummer. I was so mad. Okay. So, like, so what happened was I went to work on a Saturday. And like the whole day, I kind of had like post nasal drip, but I just thought it was allergies because allergies have been absolutely nuts lately. Yeah. And so like, and a little, like just a kind of like a clearing of my throat kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Then on Sunday I woke up and it was really sore throat, lots of post nasal drip and coughing. And I was like, this is different. I'm going to take a home test. Yeah. So I took the home test and it came back with a very, very faint positive. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to go to the doctor. Yeah. So I went to the urgent care and sure enough. And she like, she took the test. And then I said, I'm going to be so upset if this comes back positive. If I have avoided it for two and a half years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Governor Hochul says, we don't have to wear our masks anymore. And then I get it. Yeah, I'm going to be so mad. And she goes, oh, you've not had it yet. And I said, no. And she goes, yeah, I just got it for the first time last month. Uh, everyone's going to get it. And I was like, I get that. I get that. But I, don't, I had but- been, Ebony, I had been so careful. I was wearing no. my mask constantly. And it was like the last maybe week was starting to kind of relax a little bit. Like wasn't, I, you know, if I had the mask under my chin, I didn't immediately pull it up again when I was around people. And I, I honestly think that it was my upstairs neighbor that passed it on to me because she had had it the week before. So oh. I think when she was still un, uh, asymptomatic, yeah. I picked it up from her. 
<sighs> I was mad. I yeah. was mad, but I was like, but it's fine. Like it's, if it's just like allergies, then I'll deal. It was not. Cause mm. then Saturday or like Sunday later on during that day. So that's the day I tested positive. I started getting, I got a fever. I started getting chills. I start like my whole, my skin, every inch of my skin was just ultra sensitive, even to like the clothes that would touch it. And then I just slept. I fell asleep and my dogs, God love them, just surrounded me on the bed. <laughs> and Aww. just we all went to sleep and slept for several hours in the middle of that day. And then I woke up and the fever was gone and I still was feeling pretty gross, but it wasn't bad. And then from that point on, it was just basically a really bad cold. Okay. But I haven't been sick in a long time. Like I don't yeah. get colds. I don't get the yeah. flu. And so, you know, when it, ha- you know, it, t- it did through me for a loop. Yeah. But anyway, I'm so I I don't <laughs> want it. <clears throat> I didn't either. <laughs> like I hate when they're mask. like everybody's gonna get it, and I'm like, why? Why? Why do we all have to get it? Right. Listen, if we had all taken it seriously for the first two weeks that this pandemic was supposed to last, yeah. it would be fine right now. Yeah. It would be an endemic. That's the thing. It's like. It was the perfect storm. We had mm-hmm. the exact wrong leader at the yeah. exact wrong time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> just uh, remarkable. Yeah. Nice. Well, we we were before this conversation, y'all know, we're before this conversation, we're usually <laughs> talking about like all kinds of everything that's happening in the world. Yeah. For like a full hour. Yeah. Full hour. <laughs> and um, then I was like, well, I guess it's a great segue to do the intermission because, you know, we usually in the intermissions, we're talking about what's happening in the theater world, which often reflects what's happening in the actual world, you right. know, like outside of just the, the theater community. Art definitely course, imitates life. It does. And then, of course, you know, like um, so many shows have been and are being affected by COVID. Yeah. Um, the effects of being shut down for two years and the financial implications of that for shows. And so like, for example, you know, the show Paradise Square just closed. Yeah. Um, that, that of course has a much larger story behind it, which we will talk about, but Mm -hmm. Paradise Square closed the minutes. Uh, I believe this weekend that we're recording, we're recording on Sunday, July, uh, 24th. And so I believe today is the last day of the minutes. Mr. Saturday Night's closing in September. And then two long-running shows are also closing in September, Come From Away Mm -hmm. and um, Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. So, um, you know, those those shows, I think, in particular, have been affected by by, um, COVID. The Minutes was, I don't think it was ever meant to be a totally open run. Um, yeah, I didn't think so either. Yeah. So, so that, that's not really affected by this, but paradise square was set to open during one of the seasons that we didn't have. Mm. Um, and the financial implications of that, who their leader was. Garth Drabinsky. That was a cough. (laughs) (laughs) I, Friends, if you listen to us regularly, you know how we felt about him being the leader of things. And although Pamela and I are not people who who are not who don't think that mercy and grace should be lent to people, like we absolutely think and believe that people should have, like you make a mistake and you, you know, or you make a poor choice. Hopefully, you learn from it and you do better right. the next time. Right. I can speak for myself in saying, I don't believe you should be a leader again. Well, and that's just it. Yes, we will forgive you. Yeah. But no, we should not ever forget. We yeah. should never trust you in that position again. Yeah. There's a lot of mercy that can be given to this man based on all of the people that he has affected in his entire life. Yeah. Especially in regards to actors, stage management, set, you know, crew, you know, anyone in the IATSE union, like these people are the ones that he's affected and he just doesn't seem to care. Right. Yeah. He went to jail for it. Yeah. 
And while he, and I guess it was prison. He went to prison for it. He was seven years. While he was there, was making plans for Paradise Square. Yeah. That doesn't look like, uh, <laughs> I, am I, I, I'm coming, I'm having trouble coming up with the words right now, but like, that doesn't look like you're making plans to like, not make the same mistake again, because guess what? Now he's being sued by IATSE. Yeah. Over not being paid. Yeah, IATSE, and I believe is uh, SAG also, or is it IATSE is with the wages? IATSE is with the wages, yes. And then SAG, he's on the do not work list. And he's also on the American or Actors' Equity Association and the Canadian Actors' Equity Association Mm -hmm. do not work list. Here's the thing. He should have been on that list before Paradise Square. A hundred percent. There's and also- I hate that because who would have put it up? It was one, you know, it was his pet project before he went to prison. He's been working on it all, this entire time. And so I look at it and I'm like, but these people got, you know, they got a chance to work. Yeah. That woman, and I cannot remember her name, the lead who was Joaquina. She is freaking amazing. Yeah, she is. And like what a tragedy it would have been if we had never gotten to see her. Yeah, I agree. But at I the agree. same time, like we... <laughs> Is it, is it shame on us now? Like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. There's also another, so there's an article in Variety, Hmm. everyone, um, from, what is the date here? It's written by Rebecca Rubin, Brent Lang, and Jean Mattis. It's called Paradise Square, How an Ambitious Broadway Musical Got Overshadowed by Lawsuits unpaid bills and alleged bullying that article um, can also be listened to and it will give you a a very detailed account excuse me of what happened yeah Um, in that article there is a quote from an ensemble member named Haley Kaleem Wright and she said about Paradise Square you know, see the greatness, see the show, see the magic so that your heart can break even more when you find out all the shit that's been going oh, on. So devastating. Because it's not just about the money. It's also yeah. ways in which the crew and cast have been treated. That's awful. Do we have any more details on it that you want to share on that? Or do you just suggest to read that article or listen to the article? I definitely do suggest read that article, but I will mention like, there was a crew member um, in the the production, um, the pre-Broadway production that lost a partial finger. <gasps> Good grief. Um, there also uh, are issues with not just Garth, but um, let me just, I, the name, the man's name is like escaping me so just give me a second sure the article because he he also he also uh had criminal behavior of course uh, okay so i'm i don't know that i'll be able to pronounce his last name is the thing <laughs> give it the old college try yeah because i'm like there's no there's no vowels <laughs> there's not is he scandinavian no those Must are all be. vowels because it's <laughs> c-h-r-z-c-z-o-n oh say one vowel okay i i don't even know where to go with that friend i apologize first name's jeffrey <laughs> Kurz, Kurzon. yeah let's, let's just say that let's just say jeffrey Kurzon. <laughs> um he also he had uh filed for bankruptcy um there was also talk that like he was not um so right so here the article says some scrutiny has also fallen on on cruzan actors equity added cruzan to an internal list of defaulting producers over unpaid debts to the union in connection with a broadway christmas show that he produced in 2018 the show starred clay aiken and reuben stuttered and aiken said he is still owed sixty thousand dollars sheesh is it still in court or did he go to court and he's just owed it, but they haven't paid it yet? Well, so he filed for bankruptcy in 2021. Of listing, course he did. Yeah, yeah. Listing more than $500,000 in debts, including liabilities to Actors' Equity and to Local USA 829 in connection with the Christmas show. Oh, that's so irritating. Right? So that's what he's owed 60000 but he's probably never going to see He'll that never money. See it. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's, oh, that's despicable. So it's, you know, it's not only Garth. I mean, this had a, a couple of uh, men who probably, not probably, they shouldn't be producers mm-hmm. for theater anymore. I mean, they just near, there needs to be checks and balances here. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like, with all of the stories that you and I have shared over the yeah. several years that we've been doing this podcast, yeah, I feel like a lot of the scandals that we have discussed have been in, in terms of the producer stealing yeah. the money or lying about it or embezzling it or it wasn't there to begin with yeah. or like, so it's, it's always has to do with the money, but it seems to me that it's only looked over because that one person was in charge of the money to begin with. Right. Right. Like if you have, if I have an Excel spreadsheet that just gets shared across however many desks it's shared across, then whatever I put into that Excel spreadsheet, someone else is going to see and someone mm-hmm. else is going to notice, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's where I, I don't know. Like, I just don't understand why, why we're giving one person so much control. I mean, every show has a lead producer, but then of course you have like the co-pros and mm-hmm. everything. And though, like, I definitely feel bad for, the co-producers and the They're other the producers that it all lands on. Right. Because, you know, co-producers, what the base, basically the way that works is like, you'll have a lead producer and then you'll have co-producers and the co-producers usually have like an LLC under which they'll get investors. And so they'll have like an allotted amount of money that they're supposed to raise. So like their raise is like 500,000 or $250,000. And then they have a bunch of investors um, underneath their, their name. So, and then they have to keep track of those investors' funds and keep them up to date about what's happening with their funds and everything mm-hmm. like that. And so for a lot of these people, these might be friends that they have, right. might be family members and things like that. And so those individuals then have to go to their investors and say, well, like, these are the things that are happening right. or, you know, and try to, to cut it off at the past so that they know what's happening before it's in the news, right? Yeah. As a as a co-producer, you do get that information because you you then do have to disseminate it among your investors. But yeah. who's to say that those things are not uh, I guess fudged? They just lie. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so you know, then it's like you you have the information that you're given. You know, as 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 a co-pro. So I Ugh. I saw the show. I, I liked it. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought Joaquina, Joaquina yeah. is a special she's, human being. Oh, she's gorgeous. Like, she's just, yes. All I've seen is that one clip of her, but oh she's goodness. so brilliant and shining and, and, oh. What she has cannot be taught. It doesn't True. matter what school you go to. That she's got, she's special. And you that just depth can't of be feeling. taught. And the ability to not only to feel that depth of feeling, but to then also give it to the audience. It's just remarkable. I've, I, I, there are a few other performances. I mean, like Cynthia Erivo in in The Color Purple. Yeah. Where, I mean, that, that's like the other performance I can think of where I felt like they were, they were, had become the character and were yeah. feeling all of the pain and the suffering and the struggle and also the resilience. And like, it was just like, they both um, took all everything from their ancestors and their ancestors <laughs> just like put it into them yeah. just to get it out on stage so that the rest of us could feel it. Those are the two performances in, in my my life that I feel that, that's how I felt watching them. Yeah. Sing each one had one particular song that was like that, that just mm-hmm. felt like they had the, the ancestors like imbued this, them with their power. Written. It yeah. couldn't have been written. It was just, it was there. It was yeah. divine. Yeah. So um, I'm sad more people won't get to see her, yeah. you know, do that performance. And I'm, I'm sad, like these wonderful actors and dancers 
don't have um, their jobs. And the story is one that like I didn't know about going in at all. And I think a sure. lot of people didn't learn in in uh, history. So we're I think we're it's had anything. This is what I'm coming to understand yeah. is that I didn't learn anything in history. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you know, and this is an important story that I yeah. think um, also speaks to a lot of the building of white supremacist thought as well. And that I think is important for us to understand as a people. And I, I feel sad that, you know, it's, it's not going to be there for, for folks to, to see, but you know, it's going to go on tour. So, or hopefully we'll go on tour. And, um, do we know if there's a cast recording? There definitely is great. Mm -hmm. Definitely had a cast recording. Um, uh, and then also, I mean, of course, it'll be done regionally. I think it's one that it has like a Les Mis feel. So I think okay. that it's going to, yeah, it's going to be fine. Nice. Um, so that's all I'm going to talk about in terms of closings. Okay. Um, for openings, um, Kite Runner, I actually got to see. Oh, Ebony, I read the book. Did you? It is heavy. Yeah. That's what, so I never read the book. I also oh. didn't see the movie. I didn't see the movie because I read the book. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, cause it was one of those, like I was going through this phase where I would just go into the bookstore and be like, I like that cover. I like that cover. I'm going to read that book. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that was what I did. So, and kite runner was one of them. I was like, Oh, what a beautiful, whimsical French cover. Yeah. That doesn't, it does not tell me what is the actual story. And so like we get, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, this is really interesting. And then like halfway through, you get gut punched. Yeah. And then it never like you, it just, someone just keeps on hitting you. Like you never recover. It's, it is a very troubling story, but it's a beautiful telling Mm -hmm. of the story. And I think it's an important story that people hear, Yeah, but it's, it is a difficult story. Yeah. Yeah. So I went in, I, I knew it was a book. I knew it was a best-selling book. (laughs) I knew it had been a movie. I had never seen the movie. I had never read the book. Yeah. Got these, like we were given these tickets last minute. So I go and because like also, you know, my roommate didn't, um, she hadn't read the, we did we both didn't know. Yeah. So we get there and there's a poster there that also includes um, the different organizations that are also like being supported through the production. And that clued me in that like, this was going to be a heavy story. And I turned to her and I said, do you have tissues? (laughs) I know. I was just going to ask you if you had any. (laughs) And like, I'm not a crier. Uh, so, and I didn't, but she, she is. So I I said, I did while I was reading it. (laughs) I think I also, I also believe probably the film and obviously the book are going to be more graphic than the stage oh, play. Oh, sure. Yes. Yes. So, uh, there were very troubling things that happened that, you know, uh, happen off screen and you're told okay. what's happening. Okay. It's described. Um, so, but it, 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 I don't, I saw it in previews. So I saw it before any reviews came out. I don't usually care that much about reviews. Honestly, I don't go by that. If I'm going to go see a show, I go by like, what is the content? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I thought it was beautifully done. Good. I thought it was just, just beautifully done. Minimalist. The entire cast is either, um, Middle Eastern or, uh, Southeast Asian descent. Okay. Great. And the lead actor is on a television show called Blacklist, which I have not watched. I but love I know Blacklist. Of. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. He's on there. It's mm-hmm. over now. Oh, Makes I'm sorry. Very sad. Well, you know, then he, that's why he's now he can be in a play. That's why he can be in a play. He's yeah. great. He has to play the, the span of the books, like 26 years. Mm-hmm. He's, he has to play a 12 year old and then he's like a grown man and the second act and like he's narrating, he goes in from being the 12 year old to narrating and it is, it is, it, that is an exhausting part. Yeah. 
I can only imagine. Absolutely exhausting. And he does it with such radiance and joy. Um, I, you know, it's a limited run. So I hope that, I hope that the awards remember it next um, spring. It did well when it was in London. It was in London in 2017 with a, I don't know how much of the cast came, but um, definitely was a different lead. So um, friends, go see that show, go support that show. It's, it is really important. Just like Pamela said, the story is really important, um, especially now. And, you know, especially with so many, you know, we've got just immigrant refugee crises all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, go support it. It's, it's beautifully done. It's very moving. It's, it's, great. The play is hopeful at the end. And so, um, I recommend highly awesome. Oh, that's good to hear. (laughs) Um, and then another show that opened is into the woods. Yes. I I don't know how I feel about this. I know. I, I like it got announced. Excuse me. I was, I didn't, I haven't even, I, the first time I looked at tickets was today. Okay. Because I thought, I love that show gets revived every two seconds Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I, I, I enjoy the diversity of cast. Yes. Go around where it's not only the witch who is of global majority. Which in previous iterations, they do that kind of stuff where they're like, no, see what we did there? We're the one show now. It's like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Heather Headley. I mean, I know. Freaking, I I love her. Okay. Well, I, she's not with the show though. Oh, she's not. No, she didn't come. She did the, she did the city center, but she didn't come. Who's doing the show? Tina Miller. (gasps) Oh, I know. Oh, I think I saw an interview with her about that. And I could, I didn't put it together. Oh, I love her. I love her too. Yeah. And that's, that's (laughs) the thing where it's like, I kind of want to see it because I kind of want to see her play the witch. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I started looking at tickets because I was like, okay. Also, I love Joshua Henry. Love him. I love him too. But I was like, uh, do I want to? Patina Miller's the witch. So. Well, like, here's the thing. And you mentioned it before. Yeah. They keep on reviving the same show yeah. over and over and over, over, and over again. Over. And it's a great show. It's a great show. But unless you're going to do something with it, that is different from its predecessors, then it's just the same show. Yeah. And, and no, you can't just colorblind casting and say that that's a different show. Right. Because yeah. all you did was hire talented actors that just happened to be a different color than the original cast. Yeah. That's all you did. So I guess that's where my question would be. What have they changed? What did they, what did they do to like twist it so that it's a, a, a new retelling of an yeah. amazing story? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I, I'm, I'm vacillating friends yeah. back and forth. You'll um, still also, go. I'm, it's a, the tickets are not cheap. So oh, I'm, that's right. why I'm really? real thinking. It's like. Right now, what I'm seeing the cheapest is 89. Okay. I feel like that, though, is the cheapest you're going to find anymore of any show. No, I got... So, I've got company I paid 49? Oh. 59? Can't remember now. It is Broadway week, isn't it? coming up or is it maybe i don't know you might be able to get like two for one the the thing is is like me what this is what i do okay i go to tkt i go to today ticks first yeah and then i see what today ticks cheapest prices are okay and then i'm like okay so if that's today ticks cheapest prices even if they run out the box office may still have them because they just give today ticks a certain amount okay 
So sometimes all I just do is like, I want to see such and such. So, so I'll be like, I'll go up to the box office and I'll say, what, what's the cheapest ticket you cheapest have? Cheapest single. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Because it's just me. And I, like, I've seen lots of shows for 49 and $39 musicals. Yeah. You know, so, so it just, it just depends. But you know, this one, you know, your, your, your husband's in it, Brian, <laughs> Brian Darcy I, James. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love him. I know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the baker. Yep. He'll be really good in that. Yeah. He'll be wonderful. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't um, either. <laughs> the other thing mm-hmm. that uh, is opening next week is, oh, see, so I had, a, I had trouble with my Gmail and now I have to backtrack. Cat on a hot tin roof. Yes. Okay. So you Allison know about Fraser it? is in that. Okay. Tell me. Tell That's me. All about I know. It. That's okay. all I know is that Allison Fraser plays Big Mama, which is a departure from any other production I've seen where Big Mama is usually like a schlumpy, slightly overweight, like just housewife, but harrowed because she raised all these children and now, and because Big Daddy is so overwhelming and misogynistic. So okay. I don't know. Maybe that's different. Okay. So then and like the picture is super sexy. Like the, the promo pictures. It's at the theater at St. Clement's. Okay. It's got, um, la di la. <laughs> Allison Frazier from the secret garden as big mama, Austin Pendleton as doc Ba. I mean, he must've left the minutes early. <laughs> yeah. But he, okay. Can I just tell you, I love Austin. He, he was he like late seventies at this point. He's got to be. He was just in the minutes. Now he's in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. He's flipping directing Stephen Adley, Adley Gurgis's play, which I'm really excited about. Um, Between Riverside and Crazy, okay. which is coming to Broadway. I'm just <laughs> like, I would like the stamina of Austin and um, Andre De Shields. Yes. I would just like one of those Broadway contracts. <laughs> I would like you to have one of those as well. Thank you. <laughs> I would also enjoy that. <laughs> Holy mackerel. I'm yeah. just like, are you not? And I'm sure he's also teaching. I'm like, are you not exhausted? And <laughs> then they just get, I mean, cause, uh, cause also Andre, he, he left Hades town. He's, I mean, he's going to be in like three other things yeah. upcoming. <laughs> it's just bananas it's bananas i do too i do too i was so to coin a phrase from uh or to use a phrase from london chuffed to see andre de shields in hadestown thank again i mean i know that we mentioned this ebony (laughs) gifted me a ticket to hadestown with her for my birthday from last year (laughs) but it was cool uh and it was because we wanted to see andre before he left the show and it was just so wonderful yeah yeah he's having the he was having the time of his life in that show so the whole cast was and that's kind of what you saw it was like it's an ensemble cast they're basically all on stage together all the time or for you know 80 percent of the show at least yeah and you can see the connections that are being made between actor and actor and it's really it's so fun and it's such a great show to to tack on to that what i I was talking to a friend yesterday who saw an out of like the uh, tour and was saying, watching the Hermes character in that tour was quite uncomfortable Oh, because it's played by a white person. Okay. But they are like trying to be Andre. Oh, and I was like, that's so weird because Andre didn't originate the part. Mm-mm. He just walked into it and made it his own. Yeah. So the other Hermes should be doing the same and not yeah. trying to be black. Right. Not trying to be Andre. Yeah. He, it felt, he said it felt really uncomfortable because, you know, it was like they were. Yeah. It's like they, he, he did feel like my, my friend did feel like that they were trying to be not like Andre, but also like. black black no I mean that makes sense it was just like really uncomfortable and I was like 
it should be. Yeah. And it, it didn't have to be that way. No. He was like, you could just be a white person from Hermes New- is Greek. I know. Hello. But this like, is the, the problem. Telling of it, the telling of it is in like this New Orleans kind right. of swing. Right. But not everybody that lives in New Orleans is black. But this is the problem, right? Is that when people are put into shows, yeah. they're sometimes directed to act yes. so that it looks like kind of a carbon copy of the yeah. Broadway production. And, you know. Well, and I'll say that my experience understudying, mm. especially one of the shows, I'm not going to say which one, because <laughs> I, but especially the one track. Every time I went on, it was like note after note after note about how I can be more like the person that I'm understudying, which is really frustrating because I'm not her and I never will be. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't ask me to be. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely right. And this goes back to the idea that there is no imagination with the people that are in charge of theater. Mm -hmm. It kills me. I know. This is a great segue into the funny girl issues. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you brought it up because it was right (laughs) at the forefront of my brain. (laughs) Perfect segue into the funny girl issues. Yeah. Um, Okay. I want to start this conversation also by saying there was meant to be a funny girl run before this one. Yes. Where Ryan Murphy, who was the showrunner, and creator of Glee yes. and a bunch of other shows I love got the rights and was going to have Leah Michelle play yes. Fanny Bryce. Um, so I, let's start the conversation out by saying that it, it didn't go for, you know, various reasons. <laughs> um, you know, so she has wanted to play this role her whole life. I have, I, Bought a ticket to see Beanie mm-hmm. and take my roommate, but she's leaving before we can go. So okay. we will miss her. And I am bummed because I only bought the ticket because I know my roommate loves her. Yeah. Like Book Smart is a real favorite in this house. <laughs> and we love her. Yeah. So um, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And poor thing has been mired with COVID and a lung infection and just like so many things. So I, 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 then I even stopped, I was going to try and move up our tickets, but then when she got the, um, when she got the lung infection, I was like, I don't even know if she's going to be able to finish the run and I'm gone next weekend. So I was just like, I'm, we're just not going to get to see her. Yeah. Um, it just is what it is. I'm going to say this. Fanny Bryce is not meant to be classically pretty. She's not meant to be commercially acceptable. I know. In the aesthetic that we want her, that that this particular audience wants her to be in, because there's also a lot of backlash on Beanie for being Beanie. Like, we didn't know she was fat. Like, we didn't know she wasn't a singer. Like, like... I know. Like all of those things we knew before, yeah. but then suddenly because she steps it's on a Broadway stage, she's supposed to be so much better than we expected her to be, right? It's silly. And the thing is, she's not bad. Yeah. She's a great actress, character yeah. actress, and she's yeah. funny. Right. And she doesn't have a bad voice. I know. It's I know. Not, like, and that's what I'm hearing a lot is like that she, oh, she's just terrible. No, she's not. She mm-hmm. might not have a Broadway pedigree kind of voice. Yeah. But it's not a bad voice. She was set up for failure mm-hmm. because we didn't prep the audience to accept her from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Now what I'm going to say also might be a little controversial. I don't like Leah Michelle. I no, think she's got a fantastic voice. But she's a horrible human being. And maybe a lot of that was because she was very, very young in this business and kind of was probably, probably abused throughout a lot of it. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. And and the expectations that were placed on her as a 12 year old girl were misplaced, misguided, fill in the blank, misappropriated, Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Okay. 
And I get all of that. But now she's an adult and she's still acting like a jerk to people. She's also, I'm sorry, she's not Fanny Bryce. Anyone can sing it. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't yeah. say anyone can sing it. She has an amazing voice. Yeah. She's not a Fanny Bryce. I, so. Uh, you can't be Fanny Bryce I'm, just because you're Jewish. I'm, you're too I'm, pretty. I'm, anyway. I'm sorry. not excited either. <laughs> I'm, I'm not excited either um, about that transition mm. either. Um, I, I do. I do want to offer something I've been thinking about and we sort of alluded to, we didn't sort of, we alluded to (laughs) sort of when I was talking about Garth Rubinsky is like, Mm. you know, the, the question of has she changed? Mm -hmm. Is she kinder? Has she learned from her mistakes? I don't know the answer to that. No, I don't either. So if she has, and when she gets into this role, which is a leadership role because she will be carrying the show when she gets into this role. I mean, this is really going to test whether or not she can be a kind, loving person, eight shows a week being the leader of the show. So because I hope everyone as, as a, as a Christian, I believe that we are all inherently evil until we choose to do good. Yes. So, but I always hope that people choose good. Yeah. So I'm hoping people (laughs) go step into this role. Her voice is amazing. And hopefully she will be a good, kind, wonderful person to her entire company and crew. That is my hope. Yes. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to tell you I'm thrilled about this change. I feel terrible for how Beanie was treated. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel terrible about it. I love her all to pieces, but you know what? She's going to go back to the movies. Yeah. And I'm going to get be fun. She will. And she's like, I'm super excited. I mean, Merrily we roll along is going to happen is going to come out when I'm like in my fifties, but <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm super excited about it. And, um, you know, she's going to get more musical work to do. I know yes. that. So, you know, even though I didn't get to see her at this point, you know, she'll, she'll get another job like this, you mm-hmm. know, doing musicals. And, um, I think the real problem, you know, is what we talk about all the time. You know, it's like misogyny. It's mm-hmm. about, you know, how misogyny lives in our blood and yeah. how we have to do so much work to get it out because the way that we view things and the way that we see beauty, I mean, you know, Barbara Streisand was treated like straight garbage, mm-hmm. Up until and through playing Fanny Bryce. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't done the, the musical Hot Shot yet, but it is on our list. And there is a story that every, like, every time I listen to the story of the man who told it, he since passed away. He was furious when it happened, mm. which he should have been. But like this story about how she was treated at an audition and why she didn't get this other role is like so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if she'd gotten the role, she wouldn't have been Fanny Bryce, which is right. just like changed her whole life. But it's still just like this idea of beauty that mm-hmm. our society has created is not based in anything that is healthy. No. Anything that is. You know, well, it's and- not even about like it's it's void of the creativity that Completely. God God made us in. Art is subjective. Yeah. And I would argue that mm-hmm. we are all creations yeah. Yeah. of art. Yeah. 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 Not we shouldn't look like each other. No. It's in our uniqueness that you can find the beauty. Yeah. There's yeah. so, there's so much more that we could do in this business. If, if we could just throw out the idea of what society wants or yeah. what the male gaze wants. I mean, and that's what's sad, right? Because that's what this show is about. Yeah. It's yes. about this woman who bucked what society thought was beautiful. And, and she just became this massive star because yep. she was amazing. Just out of her pure talent, her comedy, 
and who she was. Who she was. Yes. Oh, oh there's a lot going on. There's We're all lot. deconstructing or we should be. <laughs> That's a lot. It's someone's, a lot. I, I don't remember where I heard this or where I read it, but if someone was like, you know, the first 10 years of your life, you're just learning period. Mm -hmm. The second 10 years of your life, you're kind of learning who you are as a person. The third 10 years of your life, you've, you are now kind of sitting in this position where you think, you know, who you are. And then the fourth, you know, decade of your life, you're like, Nope, got to forget everything that I learned. And then you finally get to your forties and you're like, okay, now that I've completely gotten rid of everything that I learned up to this (laughs) point, I can finally start being who I am. Yeah. It's so true. I, I feel like I'm still unlearning. Yeah. I feel oh, like yeah, I'm still in the I mean, We're still very early 40s yeah. at this point. So yeah. Yeah. we just, we just stepped our toe in. <laughs> we're wee babies in this. Yep. I, um, I did something very brave the other day and I yeah. ordered something called a play suit from this guy on TikTok. So <laughs> Bladell or Bidell is the name of the TikTok account. And he makes these play suits. He calls them play suits, but it is essentially a stretch Jersey romper and they're enormous. They're like one size, but he does it by height. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, my height is a small, you know, for five to five eleven is a medium to like six, two is a large, you know, it's Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So it, it doesn't even matter. Like it's just, you turn into this amorphous blob when you wear it, but it is the most comfortable looking thing ever. And I finally bought three of them. You bought three? Because <laughs> I walked into work the other day and I was like, God, this heat is going to kill me. Yeah. I wish I had one of those play suits. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to get one. <laughs> what does it What does it do? How does it keep you cool? It's, well, I don't think it really necessarily keeps you cool. But like there's nothing on my skin. It's just a lot of fabric. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to, okay. I'll, I'll so pull it's loose. Yeah. Like loose fitting clothing. Totally. Okay. Okay. Oh, goodness. This heat. I, man, I don't like summer. We're in the sixth day of the heat wave. It's awful. It's awful. And I hate it. I hate it too. I, uh, I do want to talk about, so also um, the public theater last Sunday closed Richard Third. Okay. You got I to saw see that. Yes, yes, I did. With D- Denai Guerra playing Richard Third. Amazing. She was, I mean, it was especially good because like last night, the Wakanda Forever trailer came out. Oh. Have you seen it? I haven't. It's okay. <laughs> I'll check it out. So I'll check good. it out. And also like I looked again at, because so many people have posted the um, poster. Yeah. And the date of it, it's Veterans Day 2022, which is also the eighth anniversary of my mom's passing. So it was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go see Black Panther. So that that play, it, it was great. Um, again, speaks to like the misogyny. Yeah. Uh, curious about. I have. I need to read more up on like the, some of the choices and the, particularly why the choice to have a woman play that part because mm-hmm. it felt like it really played like the the show is really about how. Um, insipid misogyny is because men are told they need to have certain things and be a certain way by a certain age. And if they don't, they're not like, what are they doing with their lives? Right. So I, I'm interested in that, but like deny killed it. Like she's just masterful. She's absolutely a masterful stage actor. Honestly, that's what I heard was that she impressed the director so much mm-hmm. just in her ability yeah that they just called her and asked her and then I I heard like like an NPR interview I think with her where she was like well, they called me and I was like no <laughs> I can't play Richard the third of and course she you kind can of thought it and she was like yeah. can I play Richard the third <laughs> deny you can do anything we all believe you can do anything yep yeah these are the facts and then she did it and she and she killed, killed it. it she killed it so again we believe yes you can do anything 
We're just asking you to do anything. Right. <laughs> That's all. Because we, we believe just, you can. We just want you to do everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Um, nice. Yeah, that was incredible. And then did I'm they going- change up the orientation of any of the other casting in Richard III? Or was it just her? I'm not very familiar with the stage show. I'm not either, but I, um, all the queens were all still uh, female identifying. Oh, and is Allie Stroker, right? Allie Stroker was in it. She, and then um, the queen who was, I believe, Richard III's mother, technically, she was um, hearing impaired. Oh my goodness. And then the gentleman who he, he played two parts, but he's the King that Richard the third kills in the opening. He also was um, physically disabled. Oh my gosh. I love it. So they had like the, the cast wasn't only diverse in terms of ethnicity, but also in terms of abilities. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, also I, so I, had forgotten when I got there that this actress named Sharon Washington was in the play. Yes. And I saw her one woman show several years ago. I'm sure I talked about it on the podcast because mm-hmm. it was about her growing up in um, the apartment back in the day, they used to have these apartments and libraries because there was a library caretaker. Mm-hmm. And so her father is, was called feeding the dragon because her father was tasked with putting like coal into the heaters and stuff. So pipes weren't burst and things like that. So she, she beautiful one woman show. She's in this play and she was like the person I, like she, she walked up there and I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> We're okay. in for it. Yeah. We're really. And <laughs> And I don't know how many other people like know her, you know? So I was like, oh, this is going to be, and it ended up honest to God, I'm telling you, it was like people came for deny, but they were like, also, we didn't know we needed Sharon Washington because she was just like, she, the applause she got every time after her first time, like the applause she got leaving the stage, getting on the stage. Anytime she was there, everybody was like, what? I mean, amazing. Awesome. So that was, that was a, that was a, I liked that production quite, quite a lot. Yeah. Um, this next weekend, speaking of things that are not in the city, I'm going to do my annual pilgrimage to the Hudson Valley Shakespeare Festival. Okay. And this year I'm going to see their age blind Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah. So no 13 year olds this time. No, it's two actors in their fifties who are really married to each other. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going up to see that. I might go back because the post electric uh, play they're doing is also like a lot of people are talking about that. So I might go back like maybe in September or something and try to try to catch that. We'll see. I usually just go once. And then I'm going to Catskill Mountain Shakespeare to see their um, their very queer uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. <laughs> I, the reason I think I love that show so much is because yeah. it can be. It's yeah. just a fantastical piece. Yeah. yeah. So it can be queer and it should be queer, to be honest. Yeah. Like it, it, there are no genders or ethnicities. Like it's just, it's a free for all and it should be. That's what yeah. the fun of it is. So it's very diverse in terms of gender, um, sexual identity, and ethnicity. Okay. Um, and so that's going to be Sunday. I'm going to go see that. Amazing. So I will report back on, on those two shows. I'm very excited. Please pray. I don't catch COVID. <laughs> you're going to be careful and you're going to wear yeah. your mask. Yeah. And I'm not, but you're not going to get COVID. I'm not leaving until I have to leave on Thursday, either this apartment. Yeah. So <laughs> Smart. That's my other thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, I think the only thing I had left was you know, just this next season. Um, I don't even want to talk about the things that I'm not excited about because there's a lot I'm not excited about. <laughs> there's a lot. Cause there's a lot of movies turned musicals. Ugh. So I'm not excited 
about most of those. Um, so skipping that, <laughs> I already mentioned uh, Between Riverside and Crazy, which I am excited about because I did not see the off-Broadway production and I heard it was amazing. And the nice. actor who played the lead in that is, I love him. He was in uh, the film of Fences. He's wonderful. That also, Austin's directing it. I'm very excited about... The revival of Death of a Salesman is an all-black cast, and it's the Ooh. cast that came from England. So uh, the woman who was in Carolina Change, she's going to be playing the wife in this one. Wow. And then um, the gentleman who is playing um, the salesman. <laughs> Why is his name escaping me? I know anyway. his name just went right out of yeah. my brain, too. It slipped right um, in my ear. He... he, he it's so interesting because I always forget he's British because he does so many American, mm -hmm. um, so many American like movies and TV shows and stuff like that. So I'm really excited to see that. There's another play that Instagram swears I'm going to love. Willie Loman. Sorry. I had to say that. Otherwise it was going to drive me Thank crazy. You. The yes, Willie Loman. Is Willie Loman. Willie yeah. Loman. Yeah. I'm sorry. What were you saying? Uh, there's a play that Instagram swears I'm going to like because it is relentlessly telling me <laughs> to go see this. I mean, every single time I open my Instagram account, I get this for Leopoldstadt. Oh. So we'll see. That one uh, begins previews September 14th. Okay. It's the Tom Stoppard play. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so we'll see. The okay. synopsis is, is pretty interesting to me. Um, Vienna in 1900 was the most vibrant city in Europe, humming with artistic and intellectual excitement and a genius for enjoying life. A tenth of the population were Jews. A generation earlier, they had been granted full civil rights by the emperor Franz Joseph. Consequently, hundreds of thousands had fled from the pale and the pogroms in the east, and many found sanctuary in the crowded tenements of the old Jewish quarter, Leopoldstadt. And so it's this family... And you start out in 1899 and then you go into deep into the 20th century with them. Wow. The cast is 38 people with direction by Patrick Marber. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll like it. people? 38. Wow. Cast of 38. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Big cast. Huge. It sounds good. I mean, it sounds like a great story. Yeah. I think so too. And then um, the other... There's way more I'm excited about, but I'm just stopping at this one, The sure. Piano Lesson, which is another revival. Okay. Um, that begins preview September 19th. It stars Samuel L. Jackson, Danielle Brooks, John David Washington, and is directed by Samuel L. Jackson's wife, the great and powerful Latanya Richardson Jackson. Amazing. So I'm super duper excited about that as well. Yeah. So those are some things to get excited about. Don't focus on the things that we're not excited about, <laughs> um, which there unfortunately are so many of. I mean, you can tell us what you're excited about if you'd like to. Those are the things I mentioned those. I mean, the, our audience. <laughs> yes, 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 please do. Please do, please. It might be something that we're not excited about, but we still want to hear. <laughs> yeah, we still want to hear. I promise not to dog you for it. <laughs> Never. Yeah, won't do that. Maybe a little bit. But like a, like a sister ridding. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Friendly, a friendly ridding. Right. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Yes, uh, we hope you. you enjoyed it. And like Pamela said, you know, we love it when you reach out. So please tell us what shows you are excited about. <laughs> yeah. Or what show you've seen that may be closing or that may stay open that you really yeah. loved and why? Yeah, yeah. Let us know. All right, friends, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Your intermission sode has now concluded. Shut up, sit down, and turn off your cell phones. Or we'll tell Patty Lapone. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.